welcome to Prajna Sparks, a podcast where we listen to a Dharma talk, contemplate with our minds and in our hearts, and engage in guided meditation. In this episode, Yeshe and Zopa share their five tips to reinvigorate in the start of this new year. Every episode of Prajna Sparks takes hours to plan, record, and edit. We would be so grateful for a minute of your time to subscribe and review our podcast. How about right now? Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, Zopa. Happy New Year, Yeshe. We thought we'd kick off this first episode of the new year, which will drop on Epiphany, which is a favorite day of mine, to talk about renewal and refreshing our practice. Each of us will share our top five tips for how you might go about that. And we're so happy to be here together celebrating the new year and all of you tuning in. I'm glad you mentioned celebration, Zopa, because a lot of times at the beginning of the year, we think of resolutions or Mm. ways of going about things that have the intention of renewal, but can get bogged down with a sense of obligation or even a sense of there's something wrong with me that I have to fix. In planning this episode, we both really tapped into a sense of rejoicing and celebration and privilege of encountering the Buddha's teachings and being able to put it into practice, which I think is a far more pleasant way to go about it all. And it's so important. I love that you bring that up because I feel like that has been so much a part of our journey and so much of what we love to bring to listeners and the people we work with in spiritual counseling and practice is that sense of unpacking the idea of having to put your nose to the grindstone of diligence as being something that's a burden. Whereas in the traditional languages of Buddhism, diligence is this sense of joy. It carries a sense of uplift and celebration. So yeah, I definitely agree. So let's get it started. What are your five tips. I'd like to stress at the beginning that we're all very different people. What we each consider a tip or a way to renew our practice may have a very different scope than the next person. I thought I'd share five tips for folks who are more systems-oriented, who have a bird's-eye-view kind of perspective that can craft a totality of a practice experience as a way of bringing that sense of enthusiasm in practice into their lives throughout all the various things we encounter in the day. And to do that, I would stress aspects of practice, all of them built around, no surprise, the practice of lojong, healing dualistic mind, which was the focus of our 59 days of healing at the beginning of 2022. For example, if you followed those 59 days of healing, and we hear that there are folks who've been through those 59 days multiple times, this could be a really good time to flesh out the practice. And if you haven't, it's a great time to start. Either way, bringing in the full dimension of practice across the formal meditation session, 
and across our day as a whole is very helpful to bring a sense of continuity, joy, and flow into our practice, which I think works especially well if, like me, you're the kind of person that really appreciates a system or environment of practice. So how would you do that? First of all, I would really recommend working with a practice of refuge. Now, refuge, of course, is the way we begin Buddhist practice, perhaps through a prayer that we say at the beginning of practice, but especially through entrustment, an attitude of allowing ourselves to feel confidence in the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha, but also in our own Buddha nature, our own capacity to complete the path to its utmost level. In addition to that, I would ensure that there is attention to the shamatha or tranquility meditation practice. This is an element of practice that is essential for any kind of spiritual practice to flourish. Shamatha or tranquility practice, sometimes it's called mindfulness, sometimes it's called zazen, and the techniques may vary. But basically, it's that practice, that meditation instruction that allows us to sit with what happens as it happens and to refine our attentional balance so that we can tune in to the mind's natural lucidity and stillness. This brings an incredibly strong foundation for whatever meditation and everyday practice we engage in. It's also an essential basis for the next piece I suggest, which is the integrative Dharma practice consisting of listening, contemplating, and meditating. This is the way that we engage the teachings of the Buddha, be it teachings about refuge or about shamatha practice or anything else. How we take in the teachings, how we process them to get the kernel of understanding to grow, and how we foster an experiential understanding of those teachings right in our hearts so that it becomes a guiding light of our life. These are all things that are integral in the Lojong practice, which I recommend here as the core of how to renew and reinvigorate our spiritual practice at the beginning of the year. This practice of healing dualistic mind takes many forms. One of them is the seven points for healing dualistic mind with its 59 maxims that we featured at the start of last year for 59 days. But there are many other texts and many other ways to go about the practice of mind training. The practice is one that I recommend because it has so many layers within it. It includes the element of formal meditation as well as advice for how to engage the experiences of our life from a Dharma perspective. And it allows us to grow with the practice, first healing the harm that comes from the habit of dualistic perception, then transforming our perception so that it becomes broader and deeper, and ultimately transcending the dualism of our habits altogether. It also includes how to begin and end sessions, contemplations that deepen our understanding, and there's always something there that will really assist us. 
Finally, I would strongly recommend working in spiritual counsel one-on-one with a teacher whose approach is one that suits you, that you resonate with. Now, spiritual counsel is not like going to the supermarket and laying down money and buying something. It's a relationship, something that develops over time. So it's good to connect with a teacher on the level of Dharma talks or books they might have written or whatever it might be, and then try out a couple of sessions to see if you and that teacher are in sync and you can gain more advice about how to incorporate practice into your life. All of this generates an immense amount of merit. And as you know, we always end our practice with a dedication of merit to the benefit of ourselves and all beings in the absolute utmost fashion. Now, Zopa, I know you have a very different approach to your five tips, and I think they will resonate with a different group of people. Can you talk about that? Well, not only that, Yeshe, but I I really appreciate your approach because it is so central and essential to practice. It really lays down the framework. Whereas in preparing for this, I was thinking more of five meditation tips for renewal, rejuvenation of our spiritual practice that, for me, feel very helpful in terms of restoking my interest or when things wane a little bit, I feel like I've gotten off the beaten track of where I would like to be with my practice. So I'll just jump right in and then we can talk some more about it. My five tips are, first of all, don't wait for the right circumstances, the quote unquote right circumstances. We all have ideas about, oh, how wonderful it would be if X, Y, and Z lined up just right, and then I would be able to meditate. But if you're feeling yourself inclined towards meditation, or if it's just something that you think, oh, that would be good to do, seize the moment. Do it right there. So that's my first tip. Don't wait for the right circumstances. Seize the moment. My second tip is to tap into curiosity. Keep yearning. Keep the sense of amazement going and the sense of being willing to be surprised by yourself, by your thoughts, by your meditation, by what comes up, and look forward to it. Cultivate that, engender it. Along the same lines, my third tip is to stay with the joy. So often we can have joy and other feelings come up, of course, outside of meditation, but particularly in our meditation. And when that happens, Unfortunately, a lot of us can quickly skip over it, almost as if we're rushing to see what comes next. But if we allow ourselves to stay with the joy of practice, to really just soak it in and not need to rush on to what is next, that can be such a powerful aid for developing our practice and for just really enjoying life and practice. My fourth tip is to make it a habit. There really is something that's so powerful in just doing it regularly. Whether we feel like it or we don't, there's something that changes for us as we make meditation a regular habit. And then finally, this is almost like a saying that I tell myself quite frequently. Practice as if enlightenment will happen in this session, and at the same time, dedicate yourself as if. Enlightenment will take three immeasurable eons. 
I find this a great way of balancing out my mind's expectations. It allows me to engage with the freshness of the moment in practice. And at the same time, it also keeps me well-grounded in the sense that this is a ongoing endeavor, something that's well worthwhile, but that could take some time. Not necessarily that it will, but it could. So those are my five tips. Those are wonderful, Zoban. What I really like about talking with you about this is that even if all we had were your top five and my top five, there's a great mixing and matching. They really complement each other. Yours are really going in for a almost microscopic approach of how do we do what we're doing that really fits in the more bird's eye view kind of systems approach that I naturally gravitated towards. And listeners might mix and match some of these. They might say, well, you know, that seems like a lot for me, all those practices in Yeshe's approach. Maybe I'll work on those and I'll work on them through the lens of these ones Mm. that Zopa has suggested. Or you might even be inspired to come up with your own ways of renewing your practice. Simply looking back on the year with a sense of celebrating what you've been able to accomplish, really enjoying what you've done, and having a sense of forward-looking optimism. Anticipation. Mm, A sense of anticipation about what might happen. That brings that open heart and curiosity to our practice and life. This really makes all the difference, no matter what your particular top five might be. Exactly. And I love the idea of doing this for yourself. Think about what what makes practice meaningful, what works for you. We often talk about the saying that you are your own best llama. This is another great way to work on that is just to say, what are your top five tips? But like you were saying, Yeshe, I love the systems overview that you gave because it feels like those are like the key essential features of practice that really help guide and channel our practice such that it picks up momentum and picks up steam so that we have a sense of development through it. And for my five tips, I feel like for me personally, these are all things that I can touch back into when I feel discouraged or down or just not paying much attention to my practice or things like that, that can help lift me up and are just almost like techniques that uh, help get me through at different times. Yeah, that's what I love about them. There are powerful ways to keep the freshness fresh, to keep it going throughout the year. And we could think of this rather arbitrary beginning of a new year (laughs) time as just a really auspicious occasion to get this started. And guess what? The Tibetan New Year is right around the corner. We can do this again if we like in just about a month and a half. In some ways, the present is always an auspicious (laughs) occasion to begin practice. With that, we wish you all the very happiest of New Year's, the best in your Dharma practice, and we make the deepest aspirations that we and all beings may attain perfect and complete enlightenment here and now, and we dedicate ourselves to practicing as if enlightenment will happen in this very session mustering the courage as if it will take three immeasurable eons. 
Sarva Mangalam. Sarva Mangalam. This is Yeshe and Zopa for Prajna Sparks. Be sure to join us every month on the new and full moons for fresh episodes. Stay tuned now for a guided meditation with Lama Zopa. Shivni is our Tibetan singing bowl artist. Thanks for taking that minute out of your day to like, subscribe, share, and review Prajna Sparks. It really does make a big difference. If you have any questions, contact us via email, Instagram, or Facebook. Check the episode notes for those links and for more resources on today's topic. Visit us on the web at prajnafire.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Prajna Sparks. Thank you for listening. May all beings benefit. Now that we've heard those top tips, or at least Yeshe and Zopa's top tips, let's capitalize on them by seizing the moment, taking the opportunity right now to do a little bit of practice. We don't need to wait for any other circumstances. If you're listening to this, you've got everything you need to do the practice right now. We're going to incorporate as many of those tips into this brief guided meditation practice as we can. So we'll begin by going for refuge. And here the importance is not so much the words, although the words are helpful as a support to the mind, as a support for turning towards what we feel can give us protection. Protection from what? Protection from all the suffering, all the discontent that we find in our samsaric ways of being. So what is it that can give us that protection? Well, that's something that you have to find for yourself. However, the Buddha gave us a good guide of orienting us towards the three jewels or the three rare and supreme ones, the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. So we'll just begin by turning for refuge to them. Traditionally, we repeat the prayer three times at the start of any practice session. I invite you to join me in a call and response recitation. I will do this first in English, and then I will say the traditional prayer in Tibetan. If you know the Tibetan, please feel free to join me. If you don't know the Tibetan, that's fine. Just remain in that open, receptive mindset of inquiry and yearning for protection from all the discontent of samsara. Then I'll repeat it one more time in English. In the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Fellowship Most Excellent. I take my refuge until enlightenment. By the merit of generosity and other transcendent virtues, may I attain Buddhahood for the sake of all that lives. Sangye jodam zogye jodam na janju madu dani gyamsu ji dagye jansu gyebe sonangye drola benche sangye drumbasho Sangye jodam zogye jodam na janju madu dani Tangi jinsu gibe sunangi, 
For this practice today, we'll focus on chamata or tranquility meditation. And if you're interested in the Lojung techniques that Yeshe mentioned in her tips, the series that Yeshe mentioned, the 59 Days of Healing, begins in episode 21. And the start of a new year is such a wonderful opportunity to really delve into this magical practice. For this session, we're going to focus on this tranquility meditation. And we can bring in some of my tips you're already seizing the moment, you're ready to practice. At the beginning, we can tap into curiosity, allow ourselves to open up to this kind curiosity, whether we've been doing shamatha practice for years or decades, or if this is our very first time. Either way, it can be so helpful to feel this curiosity, this aliveness, being open to the moment, being open to the experience that's coming up, allowing ourselves to open to it with this sense of curiosity where we're not judging ourselves or trying to live up to an expectation or make our experience anything other than what it is. That's such a great way to start a meditation practice. And then as we're doing the practice, if at any point there's a moment of joy or clarity, bliss, all of these meditative experiences that can come through shamatha practice. Just allow yourself to stay with it. Don't try to hold on to it or recreate it or make it last or worry that it's going to go away. Just allow yourself to bask one-pointedly in that experience. If we can make this a regular habit, that's great. And also we can practice as if enlightenment is going to come right now in this very brief meditation that we're doing together. Even at the same time that we stoke up the courage, stoke up that heroic outlook of mind and heart that thinks, I will do what it takes to achieve enlightenment for the benefit of myself and all beings even if it takes three immeasurable eons. So with that, let's just settle into shamatha, tranquility meditation. We can take the breath as our focal object, or if the breath doesn't feel good, you can choose any of a number of other meditative focal objects to rest the awareness on. Again, what we're trying to develop here is this one-pointed concentration of mind that's not too tight, not too loose, that really just rests gently and easily on whatever our meditation focus is, such that we can notice minute wanderings of mind that pull us away, whether they be thoughts, drowsiness, or what have you. And when we notice them, to gently return mind's focus to the meditation object. I suggest using the breath here 
But if the breath feels uncomfortable or not right, you can use the meditation object of an imagined sphere of light in the center of your heart or at the point between your eyebrows. Or you can use a pebble or a stick placed in front of you where it's easy to gaze at. So many different techniques. Select one now. Now we'll just begin and practice like that for five minutes. I will ring the bell once at the halfway point, and you can use this as a way to come back to the one-pointed concentration of the practice if you've found mine to be wandering. And then I'll ring it again three times to conclude the practice.
Wonderful. Thank you for joining me in that practice. Now let's close with the dedication of merit, the sharing of whatever goodness has come from this meditation and the listening and contemplating that preceded it to ourselves and all beings, so that all beings who are just like us and wanting to be happy and free of all suffering, all discontent, may realize mind's innate nature that is Buddhahood, enlightenment. May it be so. I invite you to again join me in call and response style recitation. By this merit, may all attain omniscience. May it defeat the enemy wrongdoing. From the stormy waves of birth, aging, illness, and death. From the ocean of samsara, may I free all beings. Sonam di yidam jezimbani, to nye nye bedranam bam jene, kega na jibala drumbagi, si bedzole droa droa. Thank you.